0: South Carolina runoffs are done for the primary season. We're heading to the general election of the night that saw just 6% of voters turn out in South Carolina. But there's a superintendent choice. There's a Senate candidate choice. We'll break all of that down. Plus, in part three of our After Row series, we look at, well, the soft reaction to Row from the other side of the aisle. All of that to come here on the fastest-growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina The Palmetto Family Matters Podcast. Justin Hall, Mitch Prosser, Dave Wilson here with you. It was election night. I voted around 11 o'clock yesterday morning. 25 people had voted at that point, counting myself. 25. And we knew that would be the number. When I asked the young lady behind the desk, I said, can I I ask what number voter (laughs) I am today? And she said, you're number 25. And my response was, are you serious? Number 25? But of course, in my district, in my precinct, we only had one race on the ballot. Dave, and that was for the superintendent, superintendent of education and specifically the Republican primary because we do runoff uh, runoff, because we do know that Lisa Ellis is the Democratic candidate for the position. She won outright 50 plus one uh, Near, a few weeks ago, nearly like, 50 plus won. one, nearly 50 plus percent plus one. Ellen Weaver. Okay, so really quick, 174,000 people plus cast their ballot in this race. Ellen Weaver was 63.91, 64% of the vote. Um, and Kathy Manis got 36% of the vote. So, Dave, you were obviously doing election coverage last night, I believe, right. from, the, from the comfort of your home. I got to do it from story. the comfort I'm of Zoom, nice. That is nice. lovely. And you people know. don't realize how nice that is, having done a radio show from home, too. That's fun.
1: Especially when the television station that you do it with is on the other side of town. It's yes. like driving from Lexington to Elgin. Yeah, wow! But you know, life. you know, at least the ground is steady at my house. Um, and We're shaking pre- things up. In Elgin.
0: <laughs>
1: God is we'll, we'll shaking get, we'll things get up. Sh- we'll get to shaking things up in a second just because everyone, that'll be with the centerpiece. Just center so you know, Mitch Mitch resides in Elgin, and so his life gets shaken up about once a week,
2: uh, once or twice once a week. Twice. By twice. By seismic activity, but,
1: but so so yes. Last night was election night. The, the part that is so concerning was when we talked about this last time, Mm -hmm. two weeks ago, we said that only one in six people, one in six registered voters in South Carolina showed up at the polls. I've got all the numbers. Wait, what was our percentage again? Uh, uh, For this one, 6%. That would be one out of
0: 16 voters. Yeah, 6.75%.
2: So I have the number uh, every county. I'm sorry, that would be one out of... 15 voters. Mm. Every county's numbers, uh, how many registered voters they have and then how many ballots were actually cast yesterday. And this is statewide elections, there were two runoffs and then some local area. I want you all to just pick a county. Pick any county in the state. I'll give you Clarendon. Clarendon County, perfect county <laughs> to pick. Also, to pick Clarendon. Clarendon has 21,854 registered voters. Yes. Yesterday, how many of them voted? Less, one, less less than a thousand. One thousand one hundred and twenty-three for a total percentage of turnout five point one four percent. I'll pick no, one. No, uh,
0: give me, give me Edgefield.
2: Edgefield, oh, great yes. county. Uh, they have seventeen thousand five hundred and eighty-two registered voters. Yesterday, over under a <laughs> thousand. Under nine hundred and forty-eight <laughs> for a total percentage of turnout. That's less than one, or just over one in 20 people. Right. Wow. So... we knew it was coming yeah
1: we knew the numbers were going to be lower than they were on the primary election but not that what was so the the primary elections percentage statewide was 17.05 percent, or basically one out of six voters in south carolina showed up for the primary election you expect that number to be lower i i
2: personally i didn't expect it to be almost a third I'll, i'll i'll give you this your i'm sorry Williamsburg, 22.38% turnout. Good job. Good Williamsburg. job, Williamsburg. And the other one is Allendale. Allendale with a 26.13% turnout. Are you, Are you doing I, per capita now? Well, I mean, let, let's, <laughs> I have been to
1: Allendale. I have done work in Allendale. It's a great place, it's a great little town. There
2: are less than 10,000 people that live in Allendale County. How many people showed up to vote? One uh, out of 5,110 registered voters, 1,335. Allendale. Good Good job. job.
0: Good job, Allendale. Good job. Now, really quickly, I want to get into the specifics. We've talked turnout now. And again, I I don't want to beat the drum anymore uh, because for some people, listen, it just, they didn't want to get out and vote. And that's okay. Just understand that the decision that was made. I hope you were one of the percentage that voted for the candidate you wanted to win. So, so let's do hit on
1: this point real quick. I did some some math when we were doing some radio interviews last week after the primary. Mm-hmm. When you take a look at the number of people who actually voted for Henry McMaster of the total number of registered voters in South Carolina, nine percent of registered voters voted for Henry McMaster, who, for all intents and purposes, is going to be our governor again after the election. I mean, I know the vice
2: governor. Vice governor. Yeah. You know, we'll Joe that Cunningham later. is why running do you, for why vice. Do you, why do you call him vice governor?
1: We'll get into it now. Okay. He is the governor of vices. He is the governor. He, is, he has said, put an abortion law on his desk and he will what? Pull out Sign his it. pen. And, and, his and veto, to veto pen. it. His veto pen and veto it. Uh, he is all for abortion. He is for, he's pushing sports gambling now.
0: Recreational marijuana Recreational
1: marijuana use. Let's just start naming the vices. I'm not saying he's going to legalize prostitution, but... (laughs) Uh, If you can tax it.
2: it, it, Who knows? You may have a casino in your backyard. That's the reason we call him the vice governor,
1: because he he wants to be the governor of the vices of South Carolina. And that's just something that when we look at it, we got... Okay, that's what you want to run on. But I think when you start running on good economy, strong jobs, cutting taxes. The things uh, that your family would really care about. Care about. uh, And then you tend to be a little bit more of a draw to voters. (laughs) But again, let's look at this other side of this. When we look at this race for superintendent of education, it was four years ago that we made the decision that we were going to continue to vote for the superintendent of education, make that an elected position. In a 60 to 40 vote on a constitutional amendment, South Carolinians turned down the ability for the governor to be able to select the superintendent of education, thereby making it a cabinet level position for the governor. We said in South Carolina, no. 60% of voters said, we still want to be able to choose who our superintendent of education is. So now we look at this and we go, okay, so we have 6% voter turnout. Ellen Weaver gets a third of that. So that's 4% of the registered voters on, of the total number of registered voters in South Carolina chose our superintendent of education.
0: Wow. It's, It's mind boggling. Now, I want to get into the numbers of how they chose. I'm just looking at the map here. You can look at this map at scvotes.org. Really quickly, I'm going to name the counties that Kathy Mannis carried Colleton, Allendale, Barnwell, Edgefield, Saluda, Newberry, Chester, Lancaster, of course, Kershaw, Chesterfield. The rural it. the rural counties of South Carolina. But then you look at Marlborough County, 82, 83 to seventeen for Ellen Weaver. Dillon, 69 to 31, Marion 66 to 34, Orie County 66 to 34. Georgia, uh, real quick, I'll just jump down here to Jasper County, down around Savannah, 80 79 to 21.
2: 484 people voted in Jasper County. Right. So,
0: and in fact in Lexington in Lexington County, again, uh, Kathy Taunton Lancaster, she carried that one. But in Lexington, where I reside, where you reside, where she she's resides, on, and she is on Lexington, and she's on Lexington town council. council she lost fifty-seven point five to forty-two point five. So voters saw this as an opportunity to effect change. Ellen finished second in the primary, right, which is an advantageous position for most runoffs uh, when that's the case, and we saw that happen. Now there is another race that's going to happen in November. It'll be Ellen Weaver, Lisa Ellis for Superintendent of Education. I'm sure we'll hear debates, and I'm sure we'll have conversations with both of them, hope, hopefully both of them, uh, for you to digest and take in. Um, the, my, my point is this race, if you watch the debate that they had in Florence, uh, moderated by a former lieutenant governor, in fact, it, it was an interesting conversation. That There were a lot of things, I believe, that many— would see, they agree upon, but then they split on certain key issues. Right. The South Carolina voters, mm-hmm. after seeing what happened in Virginia, truly care about. And then it doesn't hurt that you get an endorsement from the sitting U.S. Senator Tim Scott.
1: You have to keep in mind
0: when COVID happened and all of a sudden
1: the classroom moved into the living room, mm-hmm. moms and dads, grandmothers and grandfathers are sitting there in their home as they're listening to what's happening in their education of their kids or their grandkids. Yep. We began to see a very quick move towards people making different decisions about education for their kids. And in that particular case, we saw uh, you know, the traditional public schools in South Carolina bled out a lot of students. Oh. Uh, tens of thousands and yes. and a lot of them went to charter schools some went to home schools some chose to go to private schools so you saw parents begin to exercise their right to be able to make decisions about their children's education when i was growing up i lived in greenville county i lived in a particular area of green on the east side of greenville county i was zoned for mitchell road elementary school i was zoned for a different middle school but the program actually got a choice in choosing to go to a different middle school because of the program I was in, and then I was zoned for my high school. Now across the, the main road across mm-hmm. from my neighborhood, those kids were zoned for the other high school. And so it was basically designated for you where you were going to go to school. Mm-hmm. Into a model that is really based upon the industrialized model that we have. Right. You know, we're your date of manufacture is really the date that ends up being the date you're going to graduate. So whatever year you're born, let's say 18 years later, you're going to be graduating, and we're going to take you through a process. And we are beginning to really look now at what changes do we need to be making in education? And that's, I think, what a lot of folks saw with Ellen Weaver saying, we've got somebody who is looking at this saying, let's figure out something different yeah, and and give parents and students opportunity choices versus being solely focused
2: on the teachers. Sure, absolutely. And and the freedom aspect of this, I think, is one of the biggest things that came out of the Virginia elections. We saw last fall that have come out of this race is education, freedom, and opportunity. Uh, you could call it school choice, whether you support a voucher or tax, whatever. Some sort of freedom and opportunity for students. And the ultimate winner in all of this is everyone. Right, uh, Everyone wins in this. And there are those that say that uh, this system is set up for failure. The idea of putting the money in the backpack of the kid, and, and wherever that child goes to school, based on the parent's choice and freedom of choice, is where that money goes to help fund that operation, whether that's home education, whether that's private, charter, Christian, or public education, all points in between. The real winner in all this, as we've heard over and over and over again, the real winner in this is everyone, because all boats rise in the tide of competition. Right.
1: And I think when you begin to look at the Supreme Court decision that came down last mm-hmm. week from the case in Maine, yes, that actually, the the case in Maine, basically, for, for those of you who weren't following when we talked about this a few weeks ago, the case in Maine basically said that you cannot discriminate from funding opportunities to private schools that are Christian-based. Yes. So it opens up the door because... Again, constitutionally in South Carolina, we are required to provide education for students. The way that that is done is not specifically designated. No. So that is, for a lot of folks who live in the world of the school choice movement, is you have an ability to choose between the traditional school that you are zoned for, or you can choose to go to a different school within your county, or you may choose to go to a different school in another county. You may choose to go to a private school, to a charter school. Uh, you may go to a private Christian school. The question is then, is it the responsibility of the state to take that money and to
2: educate the child or to take that money and pay for the system? And, and the, that's the question. The beauty of this is it's the free exchange of ideas in the marketplace of ideas. And we know, once again, who wins in that. Everyone wins when... Ideas are put into a basket, we shake it up, we talk about it, we discuss things, and the best ideas come forward. When there's no bad idea, and we can talk about everything, and then we weed out the bad ideas and go forward with the good ideas, everyone wins. The beauty of this is that as we see this moving forward, I mean, we can talk about how standardized testing works. We can talk about how we educate, but we need the freedom to talk about those things. And unfortunately, so many cases were being ramrodded into an education system that if I can be just so transparent to say, it's broken, it's, it's broke, and it don't work, and we got to do something about it. My South Carolina education is coming out all of a sudden. Uh, I think it was something about Build Back Broker. Uh, like yeah, that. anyway, uh, so we've got to have education that works, and freedom of education opportunity is one of the best ways to do that. So that is the
0: superintendent race. Now, there was a race for the U.S. Senate seat, the Democratic nomination for the Senate seat, Um, Crystal Matthews. um, We've teased it. Project Veritas had a little rough time with her. Go Um, go look it up. Just go look up that video. Um, There's some definite uh, election law. Issues there. Concerns? Concerns. I'll say concerns. She won the nomination last night over Mrs. Bruce. Uh, so she will face off against Tim Scott. Catherine Fleming. Bruce lost that race 55-56 to 44. Um, Mitch, you talked about, we've, we've talked about how many ballots were cast, <laughs> 223, almost 224,000 ballots cast. Of those, the Senate Democrat nomination... Got forty five thousand two hundred and twenty-two votes, and that's a statewide
2: run. Yeah. I gotta do the math on that. That's that's <laughs> unbelievably low. That that is unbelievably Live low. Live and late breaking. Uh how many how many registered voters are there in the state? Three million? Three point three one million. million. Okay. I, I've got to do the math on this. So 45,222 222 divided by three.
1: 317605
0: brings us to a total of. Wow. 1.35%. 1. 1.35%. 1. Only 1.35% of registered voters in South Carolina vote. Now, again, you have the split Republican and Democrat, sure, but that is
2: atrocious. That is really bad. It's slightly better than that because I didn't include the 222 people. So it's, I mean, maybe 1.36%. Yeah, all right. I wonder if Jamie Harrison voted.
0: It'd be interesting to see if he
1: voted. Jamie, did you vote? I don't know if because he Because in the last primary election that we had two weeks ago, before the runoff, Jamie Harrison failed to vote. The chairman of the Democratic National Committee was called out by a a radio talk show host uh, on their vlog.
0: Yeah, their po- it uh, was a podcast.
1: podcast. And and r- asked the question, and, and Jamie Harrison made it abundantly clear, that he just couldn't get here
2: to be able just to vote. Just couldn't get on the are, plane. Are you saying that uh, someone like Jamie Harrison would be committed to doing the wrong thing twice? Well, Who knows? A majority maybe, of South ma- Maybe he's leading by
1: example. Mr. Harrison, be, we hope you vote. Because the the <laughs> lack of turnout is is indicative of the fact that he is leading by example sure. and yeah. saying that this election doesn't matter. Sure.
0: So what does matter for that side of the aisle... Um, is the issue that's front of mind for everyone. We have talked about this on two other po- previous podcasts just this week. Uh, we we, we broke down the decision uh, from the Supreme Court on the Dobbs case and the overturning of Roe. Then Attorney General Alan Wilson joined us yesterday, actually joined us on Monday, as you saw. And now the fetal heartbeat bill, the stay has been lifted off of the heartbeat bill. So that is now the law of the land. So congratulations. Um, your support of the heartbeat bill is saving lives in South Carolina. So be proud and be excited about what's happening in South Carolina because – and I will say, Joe Cunningham comes out yesterday, the vice governor attemptee, I guess, uh, said that the South Carolina General Assembly should not move on any more uh, abortion legislation. Sir, we already have one, and it's into law. You can't do anything about that now. Sure, the special committee is going to meet, and they're going to start weighing some things out, but they, the All voters right. have already decided on who the representatives the, are.
1: The vice governor nominee, though, has made it abundantly clear then that – what he's wanting to do is to play Washington politics in South Carolina. He
0: doesn't know how this state works.
1: Neither did a lot of the folks who showed up at the state
0: house yesterday. Interesting. So there Here's a are segue. There thank you. You have done this before. There are multiple protests going on across the country. And and you know what? I'm so glad they agree with Scotus's decision. They have to agree with it because now yep. they are what able to SCOTUS petition. They are <laughs> able to petition their state government, the government closest to them, now impacts them the most on the issue of whether or not they are going to be allowed to kill their children. So, they are allowed to. Pro- Sorry, it's true. They're allowed to protest outside of the state house, and mm-hmm. it's perfectly fine. Dave and I were walking toward the state house yesterday. It was a muggy, humid afternoon, and we. I have to set the scene for you. We're, we walk, instead of walking down the side by James F. Burns' statue like we normally do, no, 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 we, we had to walk right, right in of the Bay front. Bay well, actually, it's the bat, the main street side. Uh, yeah. So we walk <laughs> through this group of people, and I cannot repeat what's on their signs because, well, it's against my religion. Um, the bla- they were a little blasphemous. They were a little blasphemous yeah. and a little crude, too. Uh, and I'm not sure why you're covering yourself with red paint. In but very provocative ways. There was a lot of red paint. A lot, a lot. of red paint. In Hamburg. Which is interesting yes. because red is the color for. Repu- anyway, not the point. Anyway, so before that though, we missed the show because I don't know if anyone else knows about this, but there was an insurrection at the State House yesterday. I was there. Uh, does does there that were make a group of part people.
3: part of the insurrection?
0: Yes, wait, there wait, were a group wait, of people. I don't, I don't know. Can, you can't call it an insurrection. Yes, you can.
1: Yeah, stop it. But yes, you can. Wait, here's the picture. Here's the picture up on the screen. So these are the people. people,
0: These people are walking. They're in the state house. The state house house is a public building. Right. So you can walk in right now. Go get a tour. Walk around. It's your house, right? Right. You can walk in. People's house. As long as you don't have any weapons on you. Right. We're good. Now, these people walked into the state house. They were allowed to go in. And they went to the second floor.
1: The second floor is the lobby between the House and, and the, Senate. the Senate. And so they are now And the in House and the Senate were coming
0: into session later that day. Correct. And mm-hmm. they were about, most of the lawmakers were already in both chambers. So they come in. Right. And their goal is to either get the legislators as they're walking toward the chamber, going to the chambers, or to stop the business of both chambers. Now- been, I've been told that's an insurrection. I don't know if you can...
1: Yeah, Justin, this is all about people exercising their First Amendment rights. But I've been told it's an insurrection. Yeah, I know that you've been told that, So it Justin. either it is or it isn't. But, I, but, okay, the Supreme Court has taught us this week the Constitution means something. Yeah, well, that's, that's true. Something. So the First Amendment gives you the right to, okay. in the First Amendment to okay. petition your government.
0: I am more for, than wait, fine. Wait, wait, wait. For a redress of oh, grievances. your grievances. And I'm fine. Listen, okay. this is not me throwing off on these people... They're doing what the Constitution allows them to do. They have a But you can't right. break the law. And for but the they, most part,
2: they were let in. They were For, the for clarity's clarity sake, they, they didn't, didn't break it. They didn't break they it. Didn't they break no in. windows busted, anything like that. One guy did break my heart when he said, It's all your fault. It how made me a little you, sad. How dare I don't you, know Mitch? what he was talking about, but it's all my fault as opposed to the hundreds and thousands of people in the building. But yeah, it was all my fault. All right. So.
1: Some people did.
0: I've tried to hold myself together
1: here for the sake of this. Some people did
0: get. Some people did get. Right. I will say when we walked into the state house, Dave and I did. I'm like, wow, a lot more law enforcement here. Then I see the guy with the zip ties on his belt, and I went, "Ooh, something happened." Yeah, there were um, there were a lot
3: of law enforcement. So the SWAT
2: team. Was it was there. the That's all safest place
0: you could be in the state yes. yesterday at around 12:30. Now, again, I support your right to protest. Absolutely, I do. Yeah. I'm being tongue in cheek here because I believe the standard needs to be kind of equal on what is and is not an insurrection. And I I, just, I still think
2: you we mean need to people kind of shouldn't be, be hypocritical. Correct. Oh, okay. I'm, just I'm against sure I hypocrite. Okay. And I'm sure hypocrisy that's going. Is... I'm
0: sure that's going to get some comments underneath. <laughs> I look forward to reading that later. Uh, I I just I can't wait to read that. But, I'll but make wait, sure. To... But,
1: but uh, okay, let's just talk about the hypocrisy of their argument. Their hypocrisy of their argument. They they were actually at the right place, mm-hmm. at the right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they were actually in session to petition their government. For a redress of grievances. Yes. Now, I really... And Justin wouldn't let me ask this question, but... Because I didn't want to deal with it. As the (laughs) comms director, I didn't want to deal with it. But the question I wanted to ask was this. To all those who are protesting there in front of the statehouse, do you agree with the Supreme Court decision? (laughs) Because (laughs) if you're at your statehouse telling your state government you don't want to have restrictions on abortion, then you agree with the Supreme Court decision, which said, we're not gonna hold this in our hands because it's not in the Constitution. Therefore, we're gonna follow the Constitution. We're gonna look at the 10th Amendment of the Constitution and we're gonna give it back to the states and to the people to make the determination as to what is and is not legal for abortion in the individual 50 states. So, every single one of those people there protesting agreed with the Supreme Court decision.
0: but. But da- By this. their actions. But Dave, but Dave.
1: Don't, don't let Dave me, right let
2: me say let this, and, and I'll be very careful how I say this. Maybe the point isn't necessarily substantive issues and debate. Maybe it's just that the loudest voice or the squeakiest wheel is the one that gets the oil. So maybe, just maybe, showing up and showing out is not necessarily what you believe. Right? It's just being the loudest voice. It's-
1: well, or camping out on the state house grounds, which some of them chose to do. Some of them chose to do. Now, yeah, yeah. I will say. Not
2: very comfortable in the summer, it's though.
0: Not, it's, it's not. It's not comfortable toasty. to even walk to the state house in the <laughs> summer. It's not even comfortable to be in the state house in the summer sometimes, <laughs> especially yesterday when you could have been accosted for whatever because reason.
2: Because it's all your because. fault, you All go, your
0: fault. Saving children, all your fault. Or killing children, all your right. fault. I'm not, but still not sure which side of Everybody the aisle knows. that person was on. Anyway, let's go to the broader scope. So that, it, that touches on the brief insurrection we had in South Carolina yesterday. We go national, and again. Democrats are running on this because they think people will vote in 2022 based on abortion. Now, I believe that might be the case in some purple states' state elections. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But it's not going to affect the national because the Supreme Court has already ruled that the federal government has really very little jurisdiction on this issue. It's been given back to the states. But that doesn't stop... President Houseplant from tweeting today. Let me let me see if I can do it. I have a good Trump. I'm working on my Biden, but
2: we I, apologize I, I, for to for I'm wait. so sorry. We are now
1: gonna cut to
0: the single to That's the fine. single reviews. Folks, folks, let's get one thing straight. The ultra MAGA agenda has always been about taking people's rights, women's rights. In every single state. You see, I started low, went high. I'm working on it. How That's does he thing.
2: know what a woman is?
0: Uh, yeah. First of all,
2: well, I love the fact that we now know what women are. Because Ketanji about Brown
1: it, Jackson, the soon t- the, the the Supreme Court justice in waiting, for as much
0: joy as you had while watching her, could not say what a woman so, is. So My, the ultra MAGA agenda is always about taking away. Has always been about taking away women's rights. The ultra MAGA agenda was coined by this president one month ago. Right. One month ago. See, that's another thing he does. He repeats. Um, in every single state, in every single state, guys, California, New York, in California, you can abort a child up to 95 years after they're born. <laughs> but they're about <laughs> taking away people's rights. Like, are we serious right now? This is the unhinged arguments we're hitting. Um, really quick quiz time. Do either of you know who Olivia Rodrigo is? I bet <laughs> you're about to tell me. I'm about to tell you. Do you know, your kids know the song Good For You, I'm sure. Uh, they probably uh, do, okay, maybe, uh, yeah. but the song is titled Good For You, and it's a lowercase g, uh, the, le- the number four, and then a lowercase u. She doesn't oh. use capital letters. She also um, uh, sings the song Driver's License. It's, it's not, really not good. Okay. Anyway, singer Olivia Rodrigo, you might also know her from appearing at the White House to discuss how important vaccines are. I'm
2: looking at
0: her. Um, singer, I, here she is
1: right the here.
0: Vaccine? Okay. Oh, singer okay, Olivia right. Rodrigo okay. was performing at the UK's Glastonbury Festival. Mm. In the UK. Oh, mm. across the pond. And she t- wait, wait, across this the is, pond. She was she was doing a concert. Yes, with Lily Allen, a fellow singer. And Olivia Rodrigo. Group of, what's her age
1: group of her people she's targeting? Uh teenagers? teenagers
0: and young young adults. I'll mm-hmm. I'll give her to about twenty eight. Okay. Um Rodrigo said she was heartbroken, devastated, and terrified over the ruling. And you ready for this? That so many women and so many girls are going to die because of this. Actually, I would argue that in the course of 60 years, we're going to save like 33 million women, but not my point. She, they, they, did, they then performed a song. Yeah, this is interesting. She said, this song goes out to the justices. Samuel Alito, Clarence Thomas, Neil Gorsuch, Amy Coney Barrett, Brett Kavanaugh, We Hate You. What's the title of the song? The song they sang was Allen's... 2009 hit song, F.U., okay. but they say the whole word, okay. um, dedicating it to the conservative members of the Supreme Court who showed that they quote, and I'm quoting Rodrigo here, He'll don't g- yeah. give a blank about freedom. How dare you not care about freedom, you five bigot Supreme Court justices? How dare you take away a power you have and return it to the states where the people have the right to vote on something? How dare you? How dare you give me power in my own government? How dare you uphold the US Constitution How and restore dare you? the order of law? Now that's a pop star. That's mm. a pop star. Okay. I know. That's a pop star. Well, well pop star pink,
1: whatever whoever that is. Pink she said, yes. if you
3: it,
0: it, I, it, if you agree with them, don't,
1: don't listen, listen to,
3: to my, my music. music.
0: <laughs> Done. Check. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Done. My favorite, my favorite. The lead singer from Green Day. Yes. Um Billy Joel. Billy. Billy Joe, don't you dare something. pick on the Not piano Billy man. Uh, Not Billy Joel. Okay, uh, he's probably out there. Billy too. Joe, Who something. Knows. I forget his last name. Um, Billy he wrote Joe. the song. You know, Green Day wrote the song "American <laughs> Idiot." Um, <laughs> Billy which Joe, Billy Joe Armstrong oh, at, a, at, a, a, a at a concert in the UK as well. Interesting. I think said that he is renouncing his American citizenship over the Supreme Court ruling. Which somebody on social media goes, "So does that just make him an idiot now?" Yeah, he he's not an American a, idiot. He's a man without a country. I, I don't he's a man know. without a country. You have to go through a process of that,
2: by the just way. Just wake me Again, up when September ends. That's good.
0: Uh, so, uh. good job. <laughs> so, that's just some pop star references. And you're thinking, I don't need to hear from the pop stars. I want to hear from the, the pe- great, from no, not just the people. I want to hear what? from the greatest of the people. I want to hear from the smartest minds in the room. Ooh. Ooh. And we're going to do that right now. Here, on your screen, the smartest person in American politics today.
3: We're, we're, we're very concerned about what a degradation of the right to privacy will mean
0: beyond uh, the right to have access to an abortion. So we're going
3: to see. I've, I've been convening. I've convened faith leaders. And, you know, for, for those of us uh, of faith, I think that we, uh, we agree, many of us,
1: that there's nothing about this issue that will require anyone to abandon their faith
3: or change their faith. It's simply saying that the government should not have the ability to decide what an individual
1: does with her own body. Let her make that decision with her pastor or her rabbi or whoever she consults. Um, but it should not be the government making that decision. The protection, protection government shouldn't be making a decision about what a woman does with her body, and yet for thirty-two million women who have lost their lives to abortion, the government made a decision about what was going to be done with their bodies because statistically thirty-two million women lost their lives to abortion since nineteen seventy three. Correct. But part of what, you know, her argument here is the government doesn't have the right to tell you what you can and cannot do. That's what the government's, that's what they're doing in every other aspect of our lives right now.
0: They hey, Here's the thing about this, and I'm sorry, I teed up smartest woman in the room. That, that
2: was my fault. She's the I, I smartest woman in the world.
0: Vice President Kamala, Kamala, whatever. She, first of all, invokes religion and faith more than anything I've ever seen. Um, for somebody who so blatantly disregards the teachings, the only one close to that would be Nancy Pelosi, who we'll hear from in a second. Um, The fact is, life is very deeply rooted in faith, and faith is very deeply rooted in life. In fact, Dave, maybe, there's no deep historical rooting of abortion in the United States of America other than the outlawing of it, as we've discussed already. There is, however, a deep rooting of life in the Constitution there of the is United States. There,
1: there's a lot of deep rooting of life within the whole historical framework of America where we talked about the rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, mm-hmm. which was a, a founding principle upon which we founded America. So I think that, that whole tradition is there and, and has been grounded, but we, we need to back, bypass that because that, that's not really... That's not really a good argument anymore.
2: There are other, speaking of arguments, there are other celebrities and there are other officials and people in culture that speak to issues and they speak to the lowest common denominator they speak in partial truths or half facts or things like outright
0: lies or outright
2: lies right uh talking points things and we revert back to those talking points and we believe in the talking points not necessarily the truth halle berry if you're a fan of halle berry I, i can't think of many movies she's been in but she's a superstar halle berry posts or she tweets this and and uh i'll just read it the treatment for an ectopic pregnancy is abortion Period. The treatment for a septic uterus is abortion. That's period. Incorrect. The treatment for a miscarriage that your body won't release is abortion. Period. If you can't get those abortions, you die. And then she says, all you, period, die, period. Now, as a, a, a husband of a wife who's had a miscarriage and had to go in for a procedure to to uh, take care of her, what happened that day was not an abortion. We even talked through that with medical professionals, and medical professionals told us that that was not an abortion. However, just a few short years later, we're now being told that those sorts of treatments uh, are abortions. It, can we just get the facts straight? Can we help people understand what is true and what isn't and quit pandering to the lowest common denominator well they they they
1: use okay let's let's break this part of it down they actually use a procedure called a dnc or yes. a dilation and curatage the the idea of that is they dilate the they dilate the cervix they use instruments to basically clean out the uterus okay mm-hmm. that is that is what happens when a a miscarriage takes place and the woman's body does not naturally expel it. Okay, so when that happens, if you have a miscarriage, you have you've already started what has to be done mm-hmm. for the, for the creation of the life inside of you, uh, and and when that when that life ends, and for those of you who have been a part of that, you understand yes. how heart wrenching that can be. Yeah, when that happens the life of the child has ended. For whatever reason it was, it naturally came to an end because there is no longer a heartbeat. The child is no longer alive inside. So they use a procedure, the DNC procedure, to remove the tissue that's there. The the, the child that is in there has to be removed from the body so as to, again, protect the woman's life on that particular. But that is not an abortion because the abortion requires
2: the ending of, of the life. And and that's the key difference. And right. I'm glad you point that out. The baby inside of a female who has suffered the loss of a miscarriage, that baby is no longer alive. Right. An abortion is the termination of a live living. You can call it embryos, zygote. Zi- zi- it's a baby. Right. It's a human being. You can call it a clump of cells. By the way, that clump of cells is different than the clump of cells found in a goat or a duck or a pigeon. It's different. It's human. Oh, that's what I'll say about that.
0: It's just blatant lying. Um, it's it's distressing when someone what? says that an abortion is a miscarriage is an abortion. That's just it's just frustrating yeah. to me that we're either so willfully ignorant of what First of all, what constitutional law is and what basic science is, uh, but then we also lie to the general public who, well, that's just what they said here, and,
1: and then, then we, we don't use influencers, any... influencers but, to do it. But it's it, it is in its simplistic, in its most simplistic way, they look at that because they, here's the Halle Berry's right from her viewpoint. Mm-hmm. For her, there is no difference between an abortion and a DNC from a miscarriage because they don't consider- Acknowledge the human. The human a yep, as a life. Yeah, so that's the So she can't, and, and because she can't distinguish between those. She sits there and goes, it's the same thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Where you miss the point is the fact that, and this is why in South Carolina the heartbeat bill matters, when you can detect a heartbeat via ultrasound in go. South Carolina, it is the responsibility of the state of South Carolina to protect your life. If you are in utero or out of utero, if you're alive, you've got a heartbeat. Our responsibility as a state is to protect your life. And that is the core difference, I think, between the viewpoint that comes from the left, which is this is just an ability for me to end something I don't want. Mm-hmm. For them, it's no different than a tumor.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's no different yeah. than cancer. Unfortunately, that's the a sa- th- I, I, unfortunately, well, that's a sad reality. Yeah, I mean,
1: you can turn around and say, "Well, I had a growth. I had a growth of a tumor, yeah. and and I needed to get that removed. I have a cancer was growing inside of me. I had to get that
0: removed. I had a I had a human being growing inside of me. I had to get it removed." Well, here's the video or here's the picture on your screen of a woman in uh, at a protest. I'm not sure where. It might have been in Washington. Uh, you can see her there with her two children, and the sign uh, something something to the effect of no one should be forced to, to deal with this or to have this. Like, the fact that you believe that about your children is just is just appalling. Mm. Uh, we move on very quickly. We have a few more here. I don't think we're going to get to all of these, which is fine. Uh, let's go to... Oh. Hmm, hmm. Let's go to Nancy Pelosi. Okay. Uh, the Speaker mm-hmm. of the House, Nancy Pelosi, spoke on Friday, right after the decision came down. And if you've read... I just find the imagery ironic, guys. I'm not saying this is the same thing. I just find it interesting. Um, if you read the story in First Samuel, the Ark of the Covenant being taken away from the people of Israel and put into um, the Temple of Dagon, mm-hmm. the, the idol yes. of the people... When the ark is there, every morning they would wake up and Dagon would be Dagon fall down, go boom. Dagon fall down, go boom. <laughs> down, and, I love and, it. and pieces of it were missing until yeah. one day it was just the torso that was all that was left. If you watch Nancy on on Friday, uh, her eminence, uh her earring fell off. <laughs> her earring fell during, off. During the during, during the presser. Pres- during the presser, her earring fell off, so she's clutching it. And then and mm-hmm. then she's like, Oh, I only have one earring. She holds both of them, but I'm so angry. Here, here is what the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, the good Catholic, had to say about the Supreme Court's, and I'm using her word here, radical ruling to save children's lives.
3: There's no point in saying good morning because it certainly is not one. This morning the radical Supreme Court is eviscerating Americans' rights and endangering their health and safety. But the Congress will continue to act uh, to overcome this extremism and, pr- extremism and protect the American people. Today, the Republican-controlled Supreme Court has achieved their dark, extreme goal of ripping away women's right to make their own dis- reproductive health decisions. Because of Donald Trump, Mitch McConnell, the hypocrisy is raging. But the harm is endless. What this means to women is such an insult. It's a slap in the face to women about using their own judgment to make their own decisions about their reproductive freedom. And again, it goes well. I always have said the termination of a pregnancy is just their opening act. It's just their front game. But because, but beyond it, behind it, and for years I have seen, in this Congress, opposition to any family planning, domestic or global, when we have had those discussions and those debates and those votes on the floor of the House. This is deadly serious, but we are not going to let this pass. A woman's right to choose reproductive freedom is on the ballot in November.
0: These people do not understand what they're talking about. Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, not much longer, but that's neither here nor there. This is disrespectful to all women. Women should have the right. Again, Dave, you mentioned this earlier, and we've talked about this. If you actually read, you don't even have to read all 200 pages like I did. Just read the first seven. You'll make it through, I promise. It returns the issue to the states. Justice is Alito. Thomas, Gorsuch, Barrett, Kavanaugh, and Roberts did not say abortion is illegal and you cannot have it. And if you do, we will burn you at the stake. They said, the issue of abortion is a matter for the people and their elected representatives at the state level. The Supreme Court had zero power to say abortion is illegal the same way they had zero power to say it is legal across the board. They said that the federal government has really no jurisdiction to pass a law saying abortion's legal, and they don't have a jurisdiction to pass a federal law saying abortion is illegal because this is an issue that is not enumerated in the Constitution and goes to the states. And I am so sick and tired of people like this woman, this woman who's been in office for 65,000 years, to sit here and tell me and to tell my wife and to tell my family members and to tell the women in my life that I know that in order for you to truly be a woman in this society, in the United States of America, that in order for that to happen, you have to have the ability to kill your child all the way up until and after it's born. I don't understand the mode of thinking there and that they're just getting started. Yes, Justice Thomas talked about maybe revisiting the substantive due process clause. Sure. Sure. Literally no one else on the court said that. Justice Alito made it perfectly clear that yeah. while that's an issue, that's not before us today. We can't rule on that I, until it comes before us.
2: As if the left and the liberals haven't been advancing an agenda for some time now, I wonder if no-fault divorce was there. Opening act on destroying the family. You know, maybe, well, it was, salvo.
0: maybe it was maybe it was Obergefell
2: mm-hmm. and the decision ruled by the Supreme Court in order to once again denigrate the traditional biblical family model. And I don't again, know, overstep
0: their bounds of jurists because again, marriage is not an issue defined in the
2: Constitution. Kind of like the pot pop calling the kettle black. Hmm. Interesting.
0: We. Human beings are really good at projecting our own issues and our own <laughs> faults onto other people. Hillary Clinton did the same thing. I won't play it for you, but on CBS This Morning with Gail King, Hillary said this, I went to law school with Justice Thomas. He's been a person of grievance for as long as I have known him. Resentment, grievance, anger. Women are going to die, Gail. Women will die. That is really interesting
1: in comparison to the thing, the, the article that was written quoting Justice Sotomayor, mm-hmm. who said of Clarence Thomas, there is no, he knows everybody in this building. He takes the time to know them, to call them by name. He knows about their family members and asks about them. She said there's no other justice who has that level of connection with the staff of the Supreme Court. That certainly doesn't sound grievous well, this to me. Is,
0: well, this is projecting because one could argue that Hillary Clinton is a person of grievance. She has terrible resentment, grievances, and anger that date back—I don't even know how long. Uh, she's like Stacey Abrams. The Stacey Abrams, of course, the current governor of Georgia. Uh, Hillary Clinton is <clears> also <throat> the current president of the United States. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how deeply this runs with these people. And and I know I know I'm I'm stepping maybe over bounds at this. But that's fine because I'm tired of people lying. I'm tired of people con- just kind of contorting the truth into something that, that doesn't exist. And they're making things up. And millions of people, millions of people are buying into the lie. Just put the cards on the table. Yeah. There are people at the State House today, probably right now in the rain, that are protesting because the Supreme Court gave the authority back to the states. Which is and the, you can, yeah, And you can vote. Like, in the state of South Carolina now, I'm sure there are members of the House that will run on the Democratic side of the ticket that will push for legalized abortion as far as it can go. Right. And people will vote for them because they agree with that. And there will be people who vote against them because they disagree with that. Wow. It's almost as if that's democracy. Paging AOC, this is not a threat to democracy. Do we have Hmm. AOC's audio? I don't have AOC's audio today unfortunately you're not missing much um,
1: but she didn't she, give a good she called this a threat to democracy in an interview that she had with was it meet the press it was no it was
0: no, it was Meet the Press meet with the press. Chuck Todd. One of the Sunday so shows.
1: Yeah, so, so on one of the Sunday shows, she turns around and says that the Supreme Court decision is a threat to democracy. So Ridiculous. let's go back to the whole concept of the, of the democratic process here. The Supreme Court said, this is outside of our jurisdiction according to the Constitution of the United States of America. If it is outside of our jurisdiction, it belongs according to the Tenth Amendment, to the states or to the people. So what they did was they said, you know what? We've overstepped as a court historically into an area that we're not supposed to be in. Therefore, we're gonna step back, follow the Constitution, and put it back into the hands of your local state government to you to have an ability to impact what goes on. So here in South Carolina, that means this. There are 124 members of the House. There are 46 members of the Senate. You have a Senator. And a representative who are representing you in your local community. If you know who they are, if you don't know who they are, we can help you figure out that figure that out. But you need to know who they are because those two people will be making a decision about the issue of abortion for South Carolina. Now, these are people you're gonna run into at the grocery store. You're gonna run into them when you're out at some big box store doing something. You may go to church with them. You may see them at some sort of civic event that's going on around the state. Guess what? Every single one of those House members is up for election this year. And in two years, all of the House members and all of the senators in South Carolina are going to be up for election again. That's where democracy works because you have the responsibility now to actually go in and vote for people who support your values on these issues. So when AOC wants to turn around and yell, this is a threat to democracy, this is actually such an enhancement of democracy, by actually making you in charge of what's going on in your area, that that little red herring and gaslighting is just way outside and absurd. But again, it's because we have a group of people in America who have grown up thinking the federal government must be the one to do everything, and I don't have to understand how the Constitution works. If you don't know those things, guess what? You can get a pocket Constitution. You can actually read it and understand what your rights are, because we now have a court in Washington, D.C., in the Supreme Court, that is saying the Constitution matters and it is not our job to create legislation from the bench. It is to judge whether it's constitutional or not.
2: That's a great point, Dave. And we've shown you several of the mainstream media and liberal responses to the decision on Roe v. Wade. But some of you are asking that question, what is my response as a Christian, as a conservative, to be? We're glad you asked that question. On the next episode of the fastest-growing conservative podcast in South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters podcast, we're going to be dissecting and, and helping you understand a little bit more about what you as a believer in Jesus can do to be the hands and feet of him in your local community thanks for listening to this episode of the fastest growing conservative podcast in south carolina the palmetto family matters podcast for me justin and dave thank you god bless you